Yeah! You would think, Al, that the yeah to start the third hour of our program, and if you're just checking it out right now, make sure that you start with us at the proper time at 9.55. But if you're just checking us out right now, you could imagine that the yeah was because they finally decided that Clay Helton had had enough at USC and made a move. But it's more of a, eh, why now? What in the world? Why in the world did it take that embarrassing of a loss to make that move? Because you can't explain it to me, Al, that coming into a season, if you've decided coming into a season. Only two games in. That your coach is one bad loss away from hitting the bricks, then do it at the end of the season. You don't you don't go from he's my guy to we've decided to make a change after two games. It's a you know terrible decision. You know the answer. You know why. You know why Clay Helton was fired yesterday, a couple hours after our show. Um, he was fired because the heat. He was fired because of the pressure. He wasn't fired because USC was looking ahead. He wasn't fired because USC had this vision and said, in order for us to get back in contention, to win a national championship, to be in the running, to get back into that playoff, uh, you know, the the four-team playoff now could be expanded to eight. In, in order for us to own the Pac-12 again, we're doing this because of all those reasons. No, 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 no. They're doing it, Trav, because on Saturday – one of the embarrassments of that college football day was watching a USC team who was 17 and a half point favorites down 29 at the Coliseum and there was no people left in the in the stadium to boo them in the fourth quarter so you didn't have to worry about that <laughs> That's part how bad it's gotten there was nobody left to boo nobody you left. on your last quarter of USC football that's, that's how you, you know felt, it's hit a new level that's when you felt most comfortable and on top of that Trav what was happening six, seven, eight hours earlier in uh, college football? No, I, I think that's a great point. That the, the juxtaposition of the balance of power in the Pac-12 was on display as clearly as ever on Saturday. Here's what happened. Oregon, who is kind of the torchbearer for the conference and has been for a few seasons, goes on the road to Columbus to play as blue of a blood program as exists. Ohio State gets 10 guys drafted in the first round every year. They play for the national championship every other year. They're in the college football playoff every single season. They are dominating the second-best college football Cream of the crop. Cream of the crop. They go to Columbus and beat them decidedly. It wasn't lucky. You didn't have a fluke. You do it without your best player, Kayvon Thibodeau, who, by the way, is from Los Angeles and went to Oregon. We'll get to that in a minute. You go in there and you beat a marquee program on the road and say, here we are. We're a real team. What do you think of us now? So you have, you know, you you start seeing the pressure of, um, you know, UCLA a week ago beat LSU, right? Uh, You have, you know, like we mentioned, the Oregon win at Ohio State. Mm -hmm. And then you have on top of that, you have a USC team where no one's confident that this is the right coach. But I think what you should feel less confident about is, is this, is Mike Bone and the University of Southern California, are they committed to winning? Is this program committed to winning? Is this football program committed to winning? And I, and I say that, Trav, because you can point the finger at your coach. Yes, you can, but Clay Helton is not the one keeping himself hired there when he probably knows he shouldn't be there. Well, you're right about that, and and that's the part that later that very same night, SC at home, and this is a, this is a really important part of this, at home goes out as a 17-and-a-half-point favorite and falls behind by 29 points and loses to a Stanford team that couldn't score any points against Kansas State the week before until the fourth quarter. 
Stanford's bad. Okay, David Shaw's a good coach. Stanford does not have a good team this year, and they came in there and they pushed SC around. So it, it couldn't be more clear as to what's going on. But here's the problem. This is why I don't feel great about what USC did. I think it's the right decision to move on from Clay Helton, but they didn't do it because Clay Helton wasn't the right fit at SC. He wasn't the right guy for the job. They did they it because did it because of the noise. They did it because Alan Sliwa and Travis Rogers and Bill Plaschke and USC fans and USC alumni and everybody that follows college football are saying, what the hell is going on over there? That it was the noise that pushed them over the line rather than this doesn't work. Because everybody that's paying attention knows it hasn't been working for a couple of years. I've been saying on this show, well, not this show, Keyshawn, LZ, and Travis. Travis with all the other nine guys that I've been in witness protection with over the years. Travis and Slee right now. What is Clay Helton doing here? And it was only when the noise got loud enough. Not the losing, not the fact that the program had gone stale they pushed him out the door, and this is the same guy that's going to make the decision on who's next? This isn't leadership. This is following the noise, and that doesn't fill me with confidence. So I'm going to give Mike Bone – I'm going to give him the benefit of the doubt on this one. Let's see what happens, right? I mean, I, I'm with you that I don't have this ultimate confidence that they're going to go out and get the right coach, and I'm not going to sit here and tell you of a long laundry list of coaches that could potentially come in and, and, and lead USC football back to what it's accustomed to being as one of the top in the country. That's going to be Mike Bone's job. But I, I want to throw this at you, Trav. So, you know, you were talking about how Ohio State, cream of the crop. Mm-hmm. You were talking about how Oregon, obviously, the class of the, of the Pac-12, the sure. top four right now in the country. What is this USC coaching job? So let's say – Let's say Mike Bone goes out there and he starts reaching out to some of these top-notch coaches. Maybe it's somebody that's in the NFL. Maybe it's somebody that's currently with a program right now that's a smaller program, but that guy has churned around whatever you know whatever school it was in a tough conference. Maybe it's a, it's a big-time name in college football. How do you think other coaches look at this USC football coaching position? Is it still an A-plus job? It's an A-plus job if the university wants it to be one. And that's the question. Put it, put it to you this way, Al. If you were interviewing me, if you're Mike Bone and I'm a potential candidate to run this football program, I only have one question for you, right? And my question is, how bad do you want this? How important is this to you? Are you willing to do what it takes for me to run a college football program the way it needs to be run for us to win some games? And, and, and here's what I mean. I don't, I'm not talking about money only it's money and some other things it's money for my assistance because sure well, those resources could be the difference right, right. i the assistants at alabama and clemson and ohio state they make over a million dollars a year not all of them but the big ones do okay they, those are million dollar a year plus jobs at those places you're gonna have to help me pay my assistance that's the going rate for a marquee college program you're gonna have to let me and get ready mr university president mr athletic director I'm going to need to bring some guys in here that maybe shouldn't be here. I'm going to need to bring some guys in here that might make you a little bit uncomfortable. I'm going to make sure that the basically NIL what you're saying is football done. will be the priority winning. over most things. Winning. I want. Do you want to win? Because I want to win. If you're telling me yes to all these things, then let's go. Because everything else falls into place. Location, right? You are in Southern California where there are more high-quality college – or, excuse me, high school football players than you can shake a stick at. Because look around the country. Quarterback at Clemson, L.A. Quarterback, Georgia, L.A. Quarterback, Alabama, 
L.A. Okay, they, they, they're all from here, and they're all gone. Number one defensive prospect in the country, Oregon, from L.A. Okay, <laughs> it's not complicated. Keep the guys home. You got a good program. You've got resources that very few universities do. This isn't UCLA. It's a public school. It's a private school. You've got so much money that you don't know what to do with. That's why that whole buyout thing was always a red herring to me. That wasn't a buyout issue. They have more money than they know what to do with. They're the, the guys that run that program could stroke that check in their sleep and not worry about a penny of it. So all of that, the Coliseum, while old, is iconic. Okay, it's an iconic venue. There really is no shortage of reasons that this is an A-plus job, except the fact, how badly do you want it? Do you want to kind of get down to where you need to get down to? You don't think Oregon's cutting the corner? Alabama, Ohio State, Clemson? You don't think that they're doing some stuff that maybe is okay, maybe isn't? Of course they are. That's why they're really good. Are you willing to do that, too? I don't know if that, uh, you know, that is part of your pitch. I, I get what you're saying. It I has understand, to be, I, it But I, I understand be. what you're saying, and I know that's kind of the – climate and the setting for a lot of these college football, college basketball programs. Yep. I'd be an idiot if, if, uh, if that wasn't the case. So this is why I say, you know, you say it's, a, it's an A-plus program if you're trying to win, if winning is the priority, if what you've had in the past is something that you want to build again. I, Trav, I'm, I'm going to use this as an example, and I know we've we, – when we talk local sports here, you don't have to look very far of – franchises I know they're pro sports I know it's different but you don't have to look very far where um, Dodgers over the last eight or nine years it's very easy to understand that yeah they're all in they they the only thing that matters to them is winning a World Series remember how much chatter and noise was around the Lakers when every single year all of a sudden the Lakers just kept getting draft picks mm-hmm. that every single year um, that every single year I was excited about a, a freaking draft lottery that are the Lakers going to get the number one pick or the number two pick or number three pick. All of a sudden, something that we were not accustomed to started becoming the norm for Laker fans. It was, right. no, you're going to be in the lottery, Yep. right? I never thought at any of those points that Genie Buss and the Lakers didn't want to win. I still thought they wanted to win. I thought they had the wrong people in position to help them win, and that you know ends up being the case. The question is going to come down with USC is this. And we're going to find out, I think, pretty quickly here. Whoever Mike Bone and the University of Southern California decides to bring in as a head coach, won't that kind of tell the story whether they're all in or they're not? Well, I think it's as simple as this. USC was letting Clay Helton run their program for a long time, okay? UCLA went out and got Chip Kelly. If I just said to you, a program that goes and gets Chip Kelly, and we can talk about whether or not he's doing a good job, okay? There's a conversation there. It's more good than bad. But when you got Chip Kelly, you know what everyone else in college football said? Damn, they got their guy. Mm-hmm. They got their guy, mm-hmm. right? There there was no, eh, it might work, it might not. Everyone was like, damn, Chip knows what he's doing. He's got a pedigree in college football. May or may not have worked in the NFL, but Chip Kelly knows how to coach college football. UCLA, they're going to be good before too long. That was the general consensus almost across the board. Clay Helton was, <laughs> look at those guys. Look at what they're doing. They, they, because the guy that was there before them had a drinking problem and embarrassed the program, they decided to go get you know Ward Cleaver as the head coach because they were worried about being embarrassed. They weren't committed to winning. They weren't. And so this next hire, it, needs, it doesn't have to be a name like you were saying, Al. You don't have to get James Franklin. You don't have to get Bob Stoops. You don't have to go out there and get one of these guys that is going to win the press conference. Okay, if you do, that might be fine too. 
But what Mike Bone needs to do is know that he's got the right guy. Because I want to play this from you for you from Paul Feinbaum, who was on with Key earlier today. Because this is how important this hire could be. I don't want to put any pressure on Mike Bone, but if he screws up this hire oh. and he's got three months to make it, you might as well bury this program because yeah, yeah, there, yeah, yeah. you can't keep doing this every couple of years. If you go and you get another guy and three years from now we're having the same conversation, then happen. you're dead. I mean, nobody wants to go to your program. See, th that's how important this is. The program could be dead and buried. Nobody wants to go there. If you get this wrong, if you don't already know who you want to replace Clay Helton with, then you're in deep, deep trouble because you might be able to survive wait, wait, a you, bad coach. No impossible you think they know. We, we kind of went through this already, right? They fired Clay Helton not because they thought they had three guys lined up. We're going after all three of them. Well, you would you you would have thought that was a game plan before they played Stanford. Thought. You no. would have thought. No, that impossible. Just think about this. Let's say if I'd have told you on Friday night, Mike Bone uh, had already in his mind that by Monday he was going to fire Clay Helton. Th that wasn't happening. No, I I agree with you, but. This is why he's here. They didn't go out. They, they hired Mike Bone to be the athletic director for two reasons. Raise money, which is yep. every athletic director's job. Fine. That's just that's your entry fee. And to make sure the football program is on solid ground. Turn so, around this program. Right. So he, here, here's what I mean. I agree with you. I don't think that Mike Bone woke up Friday morning saying, I'm going to fire Clay Helton on Monday Regardless morning. what happens right. on I, Saturday. I, I'm with you on there. The pressure got to the point where it pushed him over the edge, which I think speaks to his following rather than leading. That being said, he would have to be so derelict in his responsibilities right now not to have thought this through. Maybe he didn't think he's going to have to do it to the end of the season, that it sped up his timeline a little bit. But if there's not a list on his desk at USC right now with candidate number one, I'm just making this up, James Franklin, I'm going to throw everything I got at getting James Franklin. If that doesn't work, it's Bob Stoops or it's Urban Meyer or whoever it is. And if, once I don't, once I strike out on guy I'm number going one, going down the list, going, going after everybody. Right. If this is crack your knuckles Monday morning, fire Clay Helton and say, okay, who do we got? Then what Paul Feinbaum just described is exactly what's going to happen. Which one do you think between those two scenarios do you think that Mike Bone was in yesterday? Okay. I'm going to do something that I'm not comfortable doing. Okay. I'm going to be optimistic. Okay. okay. I'm going to be optimistic. I find it very hard to believe that someone could get to athletic director at USC without having a basic level of competency. So I'm assuming that in I don't Mike, think it's that. That's not that's no, not the it is that's that. not the angle that it, I mean. It is no. Here's what I mean. When he took that job, he has a list of five people that are going to coach his football team. He has a list of five people that's going to coach his men's basketball team. He's got a list of five people that's going to coach his women's basketball team. That's that's just blocking and tackling of being an athletic director. Okay, I have friends that are athletic directors at big programs, and they all have the list. They all have, if I have to move on from him, who's my call number one, call number two, call number three. That's day one of the job. So maybe he had to make it a little bit earlier but I think that he's got that list in his desk somewhere. All right. Um, I want to throw a couple things here, and we could do this when we come back. So, number one, if you're an SC fan out there and you want to suggest who you think is the right head coach to lead this program back to relevancy, because the reality is uh, they're irrelevant at the moment. That's number one. And the second thing is, Trav, you know, you've been you've kind of had this thing here with the uh, the Giants. You you want to keep bringing up the San Francisco Giants. Mm -hmm. Trey Turner doesn't want you to bring up the Giants. 
Uh, interesting scenario that continues to play out between the Dodgers and Giants. Let's talk about it because there's only 17 games left. There's still two and a half back. Who knows more about the Dodgers, an actual member of the team or a fat guy who talks on the radio? That's next. It's Travis and Slee, 710 ESPN. Ten seconds on the clock. How many things can you name that are always growing? Your relationships, your skills, your customer base. How about businesses on Shopify? <laughs> Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the Launch Your Online Shop stage to the First Real Life Store stage, all the way to the Did We Just Hit a Million Orders stage, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash network, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash network now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash network. I wonder if this was playing when... Uh... Mike Bone called Clay Helton into his office. Clay, have a seat. We are going to let you go. We're really sorry. It didn't work out. You got to go. Hit the bricks. You stink. Goodbye. Do they do they do something like that? Because SC people really seem to like that song. I just I, I, I kind of have in my mind's eye a vision of it playing while Clay's getting the I bad think news. there's a speaker inside of Mike Bone's office <laughs> that part of his agreement with the university this just plays quietly in the background. At some times of the day, it might get a little bit louder for whatever reason. We might not even know the reason. We're gonna so to answer you. your question, it's on all the time. We're going to give you your $12 bucks. You got to go. We're really sorry. Goodbye. Stanford rolled you. <laughs> I just feel – and by the way, it's probably not a recording. I think he has the band in his office. Yeah. Like, no, he could. Really knocking it he out could. big time. What a What a mess. How did we get Okay, there? hey, but let, let, let me say this. As much as we sit here, you know, 24 hours ago, Clay Helton was still the coach, and if I'd have told you that that's it, he's gone, I know you can sit back and you could tell me, hey, Al, they should have done this two years ago. Mm -hmm. And you know what? Uh, we spent a lot of the time of the conversation today. Mike Bone, this wasn't done because he felt like it was the right decision. It was done because there was enough noise being made and enough pressure being made that, hey, you don't really have a choice. You better do this. So sitting here today, let's let's see how things kind of shape up. And if, if you have some suggestions of who you think should be the next USC head coach, you can call us in at 877-710-ESPN. Let's start right there on the Dr. Pepper call-in line. Let's go to Palmdale and Petey. Petey, you're on with Travis and Slee. What's up? How you gentlemen doing today, man? All right. Doing good, buddy. Thank you. All right. Check this out. First of all, the problem with USC is location. It's just like a restaurant, man. It's a private college, right? Okay, everybody know US, where is USC location at. And everybody, especially the young kids from South Central and Southern California, it's, 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 it's dangerous for them. As far as the coaches go, I was sticking with the person we got, someone that knows the system. I would suggest Keyshawn. Because he is going there, he really would do a good job, man. Okay, let, let me jump in there, Petey. First of all, I, I, I think I can speak for Key. Was he saying point? the location plays – to their advantage or disadvantage? disadvantage. Let's let's take the Keyshawn piece first. I don't yep. think Key's interested. I think the Key's got a pretty good setup the way that it is right now. I know Key's had opportunities to coach, run teams and stuff like that, but I yeah. don't think that's in his future because he doesn't want it to be. I, look, unless I'm really misinformed, I don't think USC has changed locations in the last several decades. It's been there for a very long time. I understand that it's not Westwood like UCLA is, but – that's never been a problem. When USC's good, it's, it's still in the same place as when they're bad. You can be good at SC despite the fact that it's located where it is. That's fine. I, I don't think it really affects it at all. 
Yeah, let, let me tell you this. You want to think of tougher places to go recruit? Look at some of these top universities. Um, it, you want to come to Southern California, you want to go to Eugene. Yeah. Eugene, Oregon, right? Or yeah. you, you want to go play in Columbus or you want to go play in um, – just kind of think about it. I, I don't know. Tuscaloosa, Alabama? No thanks. I mean, location should be – that's actually one of the reasons why you would come to USC. So I don't think that definitely plays to their uh, disadvantage. No, it, it isn't. It, it, look, what's happened is it's gotten stale. They've let the best players leave the area. The best defensive player in the country is Kayvon Thibodeau. He's from here. He's in Oregon. The best quarterbacks in the country are at Alabama, Clemson, Georgia, and they're all from U. Or they're all from Southern California. Shoot, J.T. Daniels was at USC, and they decided to give the job to Keaton Slovis after Daniels got hurt. Instead of opening it up for a competition, the play you need to keep the players here. You need to get them excited about going to USC, and you need to keep the best guys home. Question for you. Yeah. Two years from today, what are we saying about USC? depends on who they hire Al it's it's an impossible question to answer okay you're right it, it is it, you're, you're right about that but that's a big part to do with it as well right when I say two years from now what are we saying about USC it could be as simple as this hey I like the direction that this university is going I I like where they are or what the hell is this program doing I mean it's I, I don't think there's going to be kind of a middle ground here I think it's gonna be one or the other so I know it's impossible to answer the question but that the way you answer the question is also going to tell you that if you think Mike Bone and the university is going to hire the right coach for the right reasons. Travis Lee is brought to you by Goodyear. With you every mile on the road to greatness, Goodyear more driven. Let's try one more phone call here at the Valley this time, Studio City and Noah. Noah, you're on with Travis and Slee. Gentlemen, a pleasure to be with you as always. Uh, let me just say this as succinctly as possible. Anything that happens to USC, I say they got it coming. This is just karma that is a little overdue because back in the day when that whole scandal broke loose, which one really the, 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 the the recruiting and the the payment, the Reggie Bush stuff, Reggie Bush. Okay. Hold on a second. No, I I really, I really want to ask you this and I'm going to give you a chance to answer. Do you really think that USC was the only college football program handing out benefits? Absolutely not. No, I think it is something, but you can't just say, well, everyone else was doing it. If you want to fix something and something's wrong, it has to start somewhere. And the fact that the person who really suffered at the end of that was Reggie Bush, I guarantee you he was not the mastermind of all that. Oh, no, I, I'm with Pete you on that. Carroll, no, I, Look, I, I agree with you that Reggie Bush got the raw end of that deal for sure. But where you lose me is they weren't doing anything wrong. They were, they were following rules that they decided that the NCAA could – apply to them for reasons that I will never understand. They didn't do anything that every other marquee program, and I know, well, you're doing it too. That are still doing it, it today, exactly. that were doing it yesterday, the, that will do it tomorrow. Exactly. Every other good team was doing the same thing. Where you had, Maybe they got a little sloppy with it, which I don't know if that's a karma thing. Maybe that's just you're, you're bad at kind of car- hiding yeah, in plain but, sight. Karma is not a good word because karma, you would say, then all these other programs have karma coming to them. Instead, they're packing their arenas, they're packing their stadiums, and they're gotten, they have chances for a college football championship. This, this is what it will come down to. I, I really do believe this, Trav. We're going to find out if, like you described earlier in the show, by the way, if you miss any part of the show, ESPN app or on iTunes, catch all, all the three hours. But, Trav, you, you described this earlier. What the University of Southern California decides to do is either they say it's a priority for us to win football games or they won't. That will be a big part of, I think, their coaching decision. Because if it's a priority, then 
they'll figure out a way to get back to where they once were. Yeah, it, look, if they want to get back to where they once were, they need to get more houses going in the, in the area, not fewer. They need to turn that program up, not turn it down. Well, also, you know, it's all changed. Football's changed. So now, you know, now you could start playing to your advantage some of these things that you couldn't do before. You can obviously do it now in a different type of fashion through uh, some of these players getting opportunities to, to, to get paid. I got an important question. What do you got? How long did it take you to get out of the uh, parking lot at SoFi, Funch? It, I, I was hearing all sorts of different stories yeah, about Funch, wait, no, no, wait, wait, getting wait, wait. lost inside wait, wait, the stadium. Wait, wait. No, forget that part of it. I also was hearing you couldn't get to the game. <laughs> Dude, um, guys, it took me, I don't know, it probably took me over an hour and a half to get to the game. Ooh, I, li- I live yeah. in West Covina, so it, give or take, it probably takes me 45 minutes regular, you know, uh-huh. no traffic or whatever. But when I exited off – off a of century or whatever, I got on Century yeah. Boulevard. It took me forty-five minutes to get to travel like one mile. You got to do better. You got to leave. So, 10 so hours what early. time? What time did you start watching the game? What time did you start watching I, the game? Well, what time were you I, sitting in your seat? Man, second quarter. Second quarter. Second did quarter. You, did you make it to Lakers talk last night, or did did Slee have to do it by himself? He had to do it by himself. <laughs> You were solo last night, Slee. Yep. Look, he it, said he he said he hit he actually hit me with a text. Hey, hit traffic. Talk tomorrow. And here, here's the deal with the Rams game from Sunday. It was a smashing success. The stadium looked great on TV. It looked great in person. The Rams personnel on the field was great. The place was rocking. The one rub is people got stuck in the traffic on the way in and out. Give yourself a little time. Come and hang out with us at the Where pregame people, show. Come and hang out with the postgame show. Give yourself a little bit of time to get in there because you don't want to miss it. Were people still complaining about the food? I Remember didn't hear that. You know, it's a good question. Yeah. I, you know, the complaints, and I don't want to tee up Gfish21, who's still complaining about not getting mustard on his pretzel three weeks after the fact, mm-hmm. but I didn't hear any complaints about the food. In fact, the okay. opposite. I did, first of all, so we finished the pregame show, right? Mm-hmm. And we're doing it right out in front in that American Airlines Plaza by the lake. And we go in, and there's a million people at the game, and they're streaming in, and they're going all over. And then you get onto that main level as you're walking towards the press box. Out the lines for food and and, and drinks and beers. Reasonable. And Not only re- downright short, mm. because there's so many opportunities. Mm. There's so many different things where you can stop and get a beer or a bottle of water or whatever it is you want. You can't go 10 feet without having another option. It was glorious. The no, lines appreciate, were incredibly uh, short. Appreciate the invite, guys. So let me get this right. Sunday, Emily was there. Trav was there. Funches was there. No, it's cool, guys. No, it's cool. We'll just, you know, we'll connect down the road. We didn't want to interrupt uh, Lakers talk prep. We know that that's probably where you get ready, and we didn't want to. We didn't want to interrupt. We didn't want to get in your way. No, that's cool, Trav. It's appreciate cool. it, man. See you, All if right. I see you uh, on the side of the road with your car not working. <laughs> Trey probably Turner. just drive right by you. <laughs> Trey Turner is not going to like what I have to say next. I promise you that. That's coming up. It's Travis and Slee, 710 ESPN. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. 
Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to jetspizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jets' signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza. Better because it has to be. Funches is pulling out some good ones, Al. That This goes back to Emily's factor cap question. Is the Golden Girls the greatest TV theme of all time? Lo- Love Boat's got to be up there. That's a pretty good pull. Top 30. <laughs> Favorite Love Boat character, go. There's two possible answers. Nah, you're talking to the wrong guy. What? Definitely talking to the you wrong guy. You don't know guy. a single Love Boat character. Captain Steubing? Captain Steubing is a possible one. The correct answer is Isaac, right? Isaac the bartender. Isaac was always kind of in the middle of it. Uh, I, Judy's I, my favorite. Pat's my favorite. <laughs> Judy and Pat, what? I don't yeah. think you're looking at the right show. No, Judy McCoy. <laughs> oh, Julie, not Judy. No, it says Judy. Oh, yeah, but that's wrong. It was Julie. I think I could be wrong, but I'm pretty sure it was Julie along the way. No, it says Judy. I know what you're looking at. I'm not sure that it's right along the way. All right. So you remember this, right? This is Trey Turner. Stop talking about him. <laughs> when anyone asked me, you know, what's the best way to deal with the Giants? Stop talking about him. Okay. Yep. Here's the problem. Mm-hmm. They play the Padres nine more times. <laughs> Which means there are there are seven. There the, you had such a mistake yesterday on the show. What did I do? You said and Padres and get some help from the Padres. Right. Like, yeah, that's the wrong no, you team. still need it. <laughs> I, that's I, not a mistake. It might be. It might be. But a I pipe get dream. what you're saying. It's <laughs> a pipe dream. But I'm saying <laughs> I don't know if that one's going to happen. Look, they have the Dodgers have 17 games left. The Giants have 18 games left. Of those 18 games, nine of them are against the Padres. Yeah. Okay, so let's just say they win seven or eight of those, which mm-hmm. is probably pretty likely. Mm-hmm. Okay, that means that of their remaining ten games, they're going to have to lose at least five of those to catch them, and that's if the Dodgers win them all. So th- this is why it's very hard, Trey Turner, not to, to, to stop talking about the Giants because no matter what, the Do- Dodgers have been playing pretty well against It's going to be Dodgers-Giants in the playoffs. Don't worry. Okay, let me go a step further that. here. You I know. Let me go a step that. further here. So, if you're looking at the Giants, you want some help from them. Mm-hmm. Your best chance to get some help. They got three more against the Padres. <laughs> of their nine After that, <laughs> this weekend, <laughs> right. three against Atlanta. Okay. Maybe there. Maybe. And then you got six in a row, nine in a row, nine in a row versus Padres, Rockies, Arizona. Yeah, that's a wrap. And then you close it up against the Padres, while the Dodgers, I think, close it up against the Brewers. They have the Brewers at the end of the season, and they also have the Cincinnati Reds waiting for them. The Reds are good. You know, the, the Reds are the other team that's in the playoff mix, though the wild card mix. Not good. I would be very careful using good. No, no, they're good. They're they're not great, but they're good. Like right now, the Padres are not good. The, the Padres are going the wrong direction. The Reds have a couple of guys, Jesse Winker, Joey Votto, uh, Nick Castellanos, that are, are really dangerous hitters. But you got, I mean, Padres are the same thing, and they still can't win a game. Padres they have a couple of guys that have dangerous hitters. You know what? I just looked at their run. The, the next three games that they have, they have don't know, um, the, the the Musgrove, and don't know. That's, Snell that, got that's it. You know, obviously throwing. Snell got injured. Uh, what was that on Sunday? So he's out of the mix. So, mm-hmm. yeah, if you're looking for help from the Padres, I don't think you're going to get it. Have you let go of the rope? 
Have you let go of the rope as far as the division goes, or no. do you still think that's in play? No, I, just because it's it could it could change so quick. I mean, you just need a couple games. I mean, and, and Dodgers, it's not like they're playing awful baseball. They're not. They're playing good baseball. So the mere fact that yes, the Giants are playing arguably the best baseball they've played all season, and Long that's kind of crazy to say. Yeah. Forget even the win streak you forget about, Trav. I always just go back to a week and a half ago when they had you thought they were reeling. They lost five of six. Dodgers caught them. What happened from that moment? They haven't lost. They've been amazing, yeah, right? I mean, lost one game. The one loss. Yeah, they the have Dodgers. one loss. I, I think in that in that span. So um, anything could change. I haven't lost all hope. I think the bigger question for the Dodgers is going to be they'll keep handling their business as you know they did yesterday as well. But Clayton Kershaw came back. What? Let me let me kind of try to frame this the right way. By the way, do we do this or we take some more SC calls? We Let's won't. Do, go ahead. Finish we your won't. Uh, so many SC calls on this. What, what's what's more disrespectful? Okay. Okay. You have to pick Letting three pitchers. Two seasons too long. No, we'll go Dodgers. Now. <laughs> we're all we're Dodgers now. Uh, you got to pick three pitchers here, and you mm-hmm. got to ask the other one to go to the pen. Go to the pen and just kind of hey, we're, we're going to need to use you as we need to use you. Uh, and this is still in the best interest of the team. You're obviously got a World Series championship. That's the only thing in your mind. Is it more disrespectful to ask Kershaw to do that or Ureas? It's such a good question because there is no good answer, Al. It is deeply disrespectful to both of them, right? Because here's what we're talking about. You're talking about asking arguably the greatest Dodger pitcher of all time yep. to sit down. To, to pitch but, on it. Like, but for reasons. But right. I think there no, no, are reasons. Not, you're, not, you're not saying you mm-hmm. stinks. Take a seat, buddy. It's we have a limited window here. We've got three spots. You but we just got four came guys. back. Right. You just pitched 50 pitches. Yeah. You need some time for a ramp up. Like there's there's a reason for the, it. The response is, yeah, I hear you, but I'm having a pretty good year. I was just your second best pitcher last year when we won the World Series. And, <laughs> oh, by the way, I'm the greatest pitcher of all time in the history of this organization. Really? Okay, that's that's option A. Option B is, um, fellas, you know that I might win the Cy Young, right? <laughs> you know that I'm the future of this team, not the past. That I'm going to be the best pitcher on this team with Walker Bueller for the foreseeable future. Really, you, you want me to go to the bullpen after I lead? By the way, lead the National League in wins and have a really good look at a Cy. You're asking me to go on an as-needed basis, really? Oh, okay. There is no good answer here. That's why they're all going to pitch. They're all going to take their turns in the rotation. This is because last year, Urias was kind of up and down, in and out of the rotation, bullpen starting, bullpen starting. You had guys like Gonsolin and May, in and out, bullpen starting, bullpen starting. That was the way it went. Not this year. All four of those guys are going to take their turn. You, you, you're, the answer to your question is you can't do it. You can't ask one of those guys to take a seat. Yeah, it, it's the conversation that we had earlier, and you know we watched the Dodgers over the weekend – and I keep bringing this up because it is pretty amazing. Between Urias, Bueller, and Scherzer, they gave up two runs total. Okay, and and, and, <laughs> it's and so and stupid. It's so stupid. And and you know the two runs are coming from uh, Bueller's home run to Tatis, right? That's the only that's the only blemish from all three of those pitchers. Um, Urias has been amazing. He's been fantastic. And I would feel so bad if he's you know, the odd man out, and the conversation is, well, no, no, we have to bring Kershaw back. And, oh, by the way, we had success with you in this role last season. You can just do it again and everything's okay. The guy has 17 wins this <laughs> yeah. year. No, you can't. 
You you can't. I a month ago I was okay with the. You know what, Julio? We're going back to what worked for us last year because a month Ken, ago, really, Ken, even a month ago, Kenley Kenley's a little wobbly. Mm. And we're not quite sure if Clayton Kershaw is going to be, you know, where we need him. And But we're going to need you to kind of be that bridge guy. We're going to have to have you get us from the start to the end because we don't know what it's going to be. Kenley's role, and, and I am knocking on wood, Kenley's role has kind of been solidified. And, and I'm not saying that it can't go sideways because I believe that it can. He's been really good. And you know what? I take it back, Al. He's been excellent. He's been excellent. And so – his role is locked in. Eighth inning with Blake Trinan locked in. Joe Kelly has the, the – if any of those two guys have a hiccup, he goes into those spots. You have to pitch all four of those guys in the rotate. You have to. There's yeah. no other option. Yeah. You know, the, the rich is only getting richer, and that's the Dodgers. As long as Kershaw comes back, he's got a couple more opportunities before the playoffs start. I think that actually hits on that. All right, let's go back to SC really quickly, see some of these suggestions on who they wanted to go in and do it. Let's go to Walter in Los Angeles. Walter, you're on with Travis and Slee. Hey, guys, appreciate you taking my call. Yep. So I have three people that I was thinking of uh, to take the job. First would be Coach O. I remember when he uh, did the interview leading to the national championship game, they asked him about SC. And you could see that, like, he still had an affection for USC. And I think if the opportunity arrived, he would come back. The second person, uh, Chris Richard, former uh, SC alum, mm -hmm. coached under Pete Carroll as a graduate assistant from the L.A. area, went to Judah Perro Cerro. I think he'd be good recruiting. I think the structure under Pete Carroll would make him a great candidate. And then James Franklin and Lincoln Riley. Take those guys off the list. <laughs> they have consistently showed that their teams are not prepared to win the big games. Go back a couple of seasons ago, uh, Penn State had Ohio State down. They had them on the ropes only to lose. And press conference, he's singing the same old song. We have to get better to win these games. We've been yeah. hearing that at SC for the past three, four years. Can't afford to continue to do it. Again, thank you for taking my phone call. And uh, what do you guys think? Thank you, man. All Appreciate right, Walter, it. Thank you. Travis Lee is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. All guests appear via the Goodyear hotline. Um, look, you, you want the hard truth, Walter? I don't think Lincoln Riley or James Franklin are going to be all that interested. They've got better jobs. They've, they've got jobs where their universities have made it very clear that winning is important to them. That winning is a – Lincoln Riley doesn't need a single thing at Oklahoma that he doesn't have. Right? If he needs something, he asks for it, he gets it done. That's Oklahoma wants to win football games. Same thing goes for Penn State and James Franklin. So I don't think you could get those guys even if you wanted them. The Chris Rossard piece is interesting. He's obviously pedigreed in the SC program. Is that important, Slee, to you, that you have somebody that was around SC when they were successful? They know what SC feels like, looks like, smells like. It, it, to me, it's not. you got to find no. the right guy that – can breathe new life in that. That might be Chris Richard, but the connection to the program to me isn't nearly as important. Now, and just to kind of give an example, Oklahoma's ranked third in the country. Yeah. You know, not, so. You're not getting that guy. What, what do you need? You know, I, I even heard some rumblings about, okay, maybe Oregon's coach comes down to. Uh, why? Why? That's, yeah. you know, that that's the other thing is you can't ask somebody who's in a fantastic situation to come down to something that needs rebuilding. I'm, I helped build this thing. About, I, I'm. I'm sitting here as one of the best programs in the country. You want me to go back down and rebuild something else? I understand maybe what the height of USC can be compared to the height of Oregon. Yes, there's more clout at USC. 
I'm already at Oregon doing it. Think think about this. Already who, at Oklahoma. Who would you rather go ask for something you need? Phil Knight or the SC president? Who who would you rather ask, hey, uh, you know what? The program to go to the next level, we need blank. Phil Knight's on the end of that line or the SC president. Who do you want to make that call to? This is the biggest question mark that's going to come over this coaching search. And you kind of laid it out, uh, I thought, perfectly earlier. If Alabama needs something, they're going to get it. If Clemson needs something, they're going to get it. Oregon, OU, think of the Ohio State, Georgia, Notre Dame. Will USC put themselves in that position where whatever you need, we will accommodate? All right, there's a couple of other suggestions as well on the phones. We'll get to those coming up in a minute. And plus, as we always do at the end, it is the dump. It's Travis and Slee, 710 ESPN. Do, 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 do. Pretty good one. No, it's a good one. Yeah, Yeah. that's a good one. This this is one of the two. You only need to hear a note or two, and you know that it's the Sopranos. Yeah, this is uh, this is good enough to where I say, Trav Funch, I mean, why don't you guys come over? Let's all hang out, and then part of my playlist this comes up. And you, <laughs> nobody says anything. Nobody's. It doesn't surprise you. You just kind of let it keep going. You could look it's a ringtone, huh? <laughs> look to the door. Look away from the door. Look to the door. Look away <laughs> from the door. Why not? Um, you know, we talked about SC and their search for a head coach. Yeah, we can talk about all the guys we talk. You know, Lincoln Riley and James Franklin and Mario Cristobal and all the names. The Urban Meyer. It's far less important that we have suggestions, Al, than Mike Bone already knows who this person is, or at least has a very short list of what he wants. That he's not starting when they've got the game against Washington State this weekend saying, well, maybe, you know, maybe we'll go and try a big name. Maybe we'll see how this works. Maybe we can try this guy. Maybe we can try Dante Williams in a long-term capacity. That he better have a really good idea of what he wants before he did what he did yesterday. Well, I, I would – I, I want to believe what you're saying, but I think there is no question about it. I think part of the process that he's in right now, I don't think on Friday he thought he was firing Clay Helton. So I do have hesitation to think that this dude walked in coming into the weekend and said, I don't care what happens against Stanford, Clay Helton's got to go. No, no, th- that was a circumstance. That was pressure. That's why it happened. So to think that – uh, you know, Tuesday morning he woke up and he didn't grab a cup of coffee and start getting around a round table and saying, let's really start giving this some thought. I, I think that's a more likely scenario. That, it, it, you are probably right. I don't. Mm-hmm. I think your scenario is likely, but if it's true, Al, then SC's dead in the water. That, no, what, what, I, I, don't, I don't think so. I, I do. Look, it, this can. this needs to be so buttoned up so deliberate in what you're doing if this is a you're just reacting to what's happening in front of you they're they're dead to me. <laughs> we just watched them do that the last couple of days yeah, I, they, I, they I literally you, reacted I, to it i think there's a, there's a there's a road here that shoots off of that and that is that the the basic entry skill for an athletic director is mm-hmm. i need to have plan b at all times because look mm-hmm. he could get sick he there, there there could be a million different reasons you'd have to replace a coach at a moment's notice and you don't start thinking what do i do you have the list already so maybe he thought he wouldn't have to activate the list till the end of the season and the noise pushed him over the edge early, but there's no way there's not a list somewhere. Trav, At least I have to keep telling myself Trav, that. Trav, I, I, that list would have came in late December, in January. No, no, not brought, necessarily. Not He what, could have but, the list and not have activated it. But what I'm saying is that you don't fire a coach two games into a regular, you know, into your college football season. 
You just don't do that. Yeah. You only do that unless there's interesting circumstances. The circumstance for SC was they were embarrassed at the Coliseum, which is why they ended up firing Clay Helton. Just a disaster. Just a disaster. It is time for the dump. This is a bummer, Al. I, what I, happened? Sincerely, What's going on? This is, no, this is a real sincere bummer. Okay. Comedian Norm MacDonald yeah, has died. That. 61 years old. He mm-hmm. passed from cancer. Norm MacDonald, one of my favorite comedians, just an unbelievably funny guy and the kind of comedy that I really like that makes other people very uncomfortable. I love Norm MacDonald. Yeah, SNL is you know where I think of him, where I, where I watch him the most, but you know the reality is – kind of a uh, a dry sense of humor that's a you're right that is a bummer if you go on twitter right now obviously a lot of people react yeah it. very sad norm mcdonald passes at 61 years old um vladimir guerrero hit a home run last night he has now taken over the american league lead in home runs from shohei otani that? 45 for guerrero otani one back at 44 so otani gonna get to 50 it feels like the otani no. express has slowed down significantly i couldn't agree more and I don't listen. I don't know if this plays off of you were so cautious about how to use Otani during the All Star game, and you hated. You know, th- there's uh, what what you hated was could it affect the second half of his season? I think it has. Maybe it was that. Maybe it was just the mere fact that the Angels aren't that good and there's nothing to play for. Unfortunately, more than anything, we talked about Otani a lot less over the last couple of months. Yeah, I'll tell you though, he's going to win the MVP. It's going to be a runaway. But yep. I think what we've seen in the last few weeks, maybe even three weeks or so is just how difficult what he is and what he was doing, what he's doing. actually yeah. is. That, that it petered out is not a surprise. That it took this long to peter out maybe is the surprise. Just an, a, an amazing accomplishment for him. Baseball canceled the World Series on this day in 1994. Al, what a joke. That, seemed, that still doesn't seem real. Yeah, you know, you try to look at other, you know, lockouts, other disputes that a league has with the owners and everything else. 1994, um, and wasn't that part of the big revival of why they were kind of churning a blind eye on steroids and everything else? <laughs> yeah. They did whatever they can to revive the sport? Dude, a, a, a global pandemic didn't kill the World Series, but, but the players and owners did. I mean, it's just it's an extraordinary – dude, think about it. Think if I said to you, oh, hey, guess what? No Super Bowl. I mean, not in a million years, and yet no. baseball did not play a World Series. Just a joke. How do they find the podcast out? All right, ESPN app or on iTunes. Uh, of course, the new start time now, 9.55 to 12.55. So you catch three hours of the Travis and Sliwa show Monday through Friday. Just uh, search for us, Travis and Sliwa, on the ESPN podcast. You know what it would be like? It would be like if we just canceled the dump out of, nowhere, out of nowhere. Just, you know, we've done it over and over and over again. Just, you know, we're not going to do the dump anymore because, well, Funches, Funches and I can't come to an agreement on the topics. <laughs> That's what that would be. Just these are the iconic moments in sports that happen. I am not going to lie. I'm going to be thinking yeah. a lot about the Giants between now and tomorrow morning. Hopefully, the Padres can execute that uh, pipe dream and give us a win along the way. We got it all for you tomorrow morning. Maybe I see a little news along the way. We've got that. Mason in Ireland is next. We will see you tomorrow morning at 9:55.